This is Straight Shooting with Matt, and today I have a special guest. I've been wanting him on here for a while now. Um, we've been talking over DM and stuff. I've, I've actually been interested in like what he's been doing for a, a while, like maybe a little over a year now. Yeah, Because I probably. met you through uh, some friends. Probably like two years ago you met me. Yeah. And over a year, yeah. But without further ado, let me introduce him. This is Ralph. And, yes. Do uh, you want to go a little bit more in depth on what you do? Um, so I currently, I'm 21 years old. Um, I just graduated last summer in January. So in December, I just graduated college. Um, I was majoring in exercise science and I got a minor in nutrition. So right now I'm just currently working part-time, still bodybuilding and, um, looking for my next path in life career-wise. And I have a few things in mind. Okay. Okay. And uh, so you just graduated, right? And uh, how was that whole process? Like, how was that to feel like, you, you know, you just accomplished that big thing? Um, graduating, it, it was definitely like a big relief off of my shoulders. Um, you know, college, you can like, you start feeling like, you know, it's just, it's a lot it's stressful. There's money on the line. It's not just going to high school yeah, and, exactly. you know, going to your classes and whatever happens, happens. I mean, I'm someone like that. It's always had like, good grades but college was like a wake-up call um because high school really didn't prepare me for college mm -hmm. i just you know someone that i just slept in a lot of my classes in high school and got good grades but at college by the first month i was ready to like drop out it was um definitely a wake-up call with having to study actually have priorities like with um time management and stuff like that and really just focusing on I'm here and I'm paying money to be here and, you know, I really got to give it my all. Like, yeah, there's money on the line. This is going to help pave my future mm -hmm. and things like that. And um, so once I was able to graduate and stuff, yeah, it was definitely really like a, yeah, just felt like weight off my shoulders and something just to feel proud about, like knowing like I gave a lot of like effort and energy yeah. into it and something to be proud of for sure yeah like you got a degree and like a lot of people can't say that and i think uh as much as it might be intimidating like for myself I'm, I'm just now going to asu i just transferred from community college yeah and i was debating for a little bit if i even wanted to do it because it's like it's such a big investment and that's kind of the the biggest thing out of high school a lot of people don't want to go to college just because of how expensive it is yeah um and also depending on what you want to do yeah no i definitely will say college is meant for everyone and yeah and it can be intimidating and if there is something that you are passionate about and it has maybe it does require a degree or there's even just a degree that you're actually interested in business marketing health anything um i definitely think college can help give you that experience not just from a book and studying perspective educational but also just you know just life lessons as well, like learning, yeah. you know, studying, yeah, time management, priorities. Okay, it's Wednesday night. My friends want to go, maybe go do something. I got to hurry up, hit the gym, and then get back home because I got an exam on Friday I got to study for. So, but I was able to like balance out like social life and everything. I wasn't just someone that locked myself in my room, like, you can't do that, especially just mental health and all that. Like, so I would just, you know, focus Sunday through Thursday on getting ahead on my schoolwork. So that Friday, Saturday, I could maybe go out and have some fun and, you know, just get some relief off my shoulders. Okay. I'm actually surprised you say that. Like, so did you go out a lot in college? Like, is that actually um, common for you? So up in like Flagstaff, it's, <laughs> <laughs> there's not much going on. I mean, I won't say that it, it's a different culture and environment up there. 
Um, obviously, like if you're a nature person, you'll love it. I'm not going to lie. I really like I used to like going outside, but now I don't really care for it. Um, like I'm not like a hiker and stuff like that. Yeah, I like don't get me wrong. I'm young. I like partying and stuff. Uh-huh. But it's one of those things too. up in Flagstaff. It's like it was a lot of just like apartments and like kickbacks and stuff like that. So actual house parties, it was mostly like through like frat parties. And I had no interest in joining a frat. And if you're not in a frat, they're probably not going to let you in as a guy. Right. So um, there's a few, I got some good memories and stuff. Some parties that I threw at my apartment, especially this last year, my senior year. Um, but yeah, once again, it was just balanced, like not partying every weekend and getting hammered and stuff. You know, I've I had a few weeks where maybe I didn't really go out and I just chilled at the apartment and maybe had some friends over. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Like, let's go out and do something this weekend. Like get a little crazy, I guess, but always like balance, even going out, like yeah. not blacking out and going crazy. Like I like to drink, but you know, control it at the same time where I can still have a conversation and have fun. Not like having to be throwing up over the toilet. So, right. right. Yeah. Um, what, what interests me is the fact that like, how do you balance, like, I guess the bodybuilding and like the working out, especially during like during prep, I don't see you probably going out as much, right? No prep is yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's like whatever, however long my prep is, 17 weeks, 20. That's like, okay, like I'm all in. Like I've got money invested into this. Like I've already bulked, ate all this meals, got to an uncomfortable state like physique wise. So I'm just like, like I had my fun, especially like when I know prep's coming closer, you know, I'll start maybe going out a little bit more. Cause I'm like, I know, especially with my coach, I know some people they'll still drink and prep, which they usually don't end up being successful in bodybuilding. My coach, we cut out alcohol because it's just yeah alcohol at the end of the day there's no health benefits out of it you're in prep you're low on carbs you don't have energy alcohol isn't going to help recovery nothing not even a little bit not even like uh dehydration a little bit right before a show <sighs> right before a show yeah i mean like i sometimes you'd have like some wine mm-hmm. like a cup of wine or something yeah just to like dehydrate the muscles and get that sugar in there to fill out the muscles as well from like wine but um that's a different scenario, you know what I mean? And I'm not getting like all super drunk or anything, but like actually partying and stuff. I just, once prep starts, it's kind of like, I don't really like feel like partying or anything like that. Already I don't yeah. have energy, my diet's strict and I just, um, yeah, and I can't drink. And I'll be honest, like I don't really like being around a bunch of drunk people if I'm not drinking, you know, that feeling. So, um, but yeah, balancing everything out, like social life. Cause there was times like where, some people would come to my apartment, like if we had a party and they'd be like, oh, aren't you the guy that like works out at the gym or because I worked part time at the campus gym or you work at the gym, like you drink this and that. And I'm all like, <laughs> like people don't realize like, you know, it's just, yeah. And back to the whole balance thing. Like yeah. there was times I went to parties and I'd have my meal. Like you see how I brought my meal right now. It's over there. I would bring my meal with me <laughs> to the party and be eating. And people would freak out at first. They're like, bro, like, what are you eating? And I got like steak and rice or chicken and rice, whatever like my meal is. And I'm like, oh, I gotta, like, I can't miss my meals. Like I'm bulking this and that. And it gets to a point because my body's so used to eating the six meals a day and I'm eating, you know, a meal every two to four hours. If I go too long without eating, I start getting hungry because mm-hmm. my body, the metabolism is just on fire. It's so used to getting that food in consistently. So if I was out at a party or something drinking, after a few hours, like, man, you're especially dancing, whatever, like, I'm getting hungry, like, and I'm not the type, I don't get hangry, like, angry and stuff, but, you know, it just brings out my mood a little bit, like, when I start getting hungry, I start focusing on food. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, like, a discipline, too, is, like, it's, like, 
say you do something every day and then you don't do it that day or at that time, you, you know, it kind of eats you up. Yeah, like, okay, 12 o'clock, uh, around usually 12, I'm eating my last meal of the day or whatever. I'm here at the party at, it's, it's one o'clock and I haven't ate it and I'm getting hungry and I'm like, okay, like, especially being younger, my metabolism's on fire. I don't want to lose weight or like the progress that I've made this whole week. So I just bring my meal with me and eat there. Like I, I used to, I used to care a little bit when I first started bodybuilding, like people judging me, but now I'm at the point where, dude, I don't care. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is, I'm doing this for myself. Exactly. So, but now it's funny. Like if people see me eating, you know, it'll be like a joke effort. It's like, oh my God, this guy's like eating right now and blah, blah. And then like five minutes later, it's like, oh bro, do you have any more left? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like so they, what does your meal consist of right now? I didn't even realize you brought that. I didn't, uh, I didn't like catch six that. ounces of beef and a couple of white rice. Okay. With, and then I got some like Brussels sprouts just for like some green vegetables in there. So can you chef it up in the kitchen? Are you pretty good with that? Um, yeah, well, bodybuilding definitely taught me how to actually like cook because when I first started back in January of 2021, um, you know, my coach sent me my meal plan and I'm all reading this and I'm all like, okay, like I need to learn how to like make some food. I, I, I'm not going to put this on my mom or my parents to cook all my meals for me. Right. Like this is something I want to do. You know, they support me, but I'm going to like do this myself. So, um, my mom taught me just basic things like how to cook chicken on the pan. And eventually over time, once I had the basics down, you know, when you're eating like the same type of foods every day, you kind of want to like start getting creative just to switch things up. So, it's not even, I don't even really look up recipes. It's just me trying out different seasonings, different sauces, different vegetables. Like for example, I, get, I got sick of eating oats with egg whites. So I mix my banana, oats, egg whites, cinnamons, sugar-free stevia, I throw it all in a blender with egg and then make like a pancake batter out of it. Now I make like a protein pancake so that I don't have to eat oatmeal and okay. egg whites separate. Cause and I, so like, it would just become like mush in my mouth just eating oatmeal, I got sick of it. <laughs> How many calories, like, not how many calories, but how many, like, how much protein, how many grams of protein do you think is in that pancake you made? I try to aim for, like, my six meals a day. It basically consists of, like, I'll say, like, 40 to 50 grams of protein in each meal. Okay. And, yeah. like, you don't track calories. I've heard that, that you don't track calories. Yeah, I don't. My, my coach, he's very, like, old school, which I like, and he keeps everything very blunt, simple, and basic. He doesn't really believe in like the whole macros and all that. He's just like, we started, here's your six meals. And over time, as you're bulking, increase the proportions. Like when you start hitting plateaus, you know, maybe add a, another half a cup of white rice to these meals or add another ounce of chicken, add maybe some fats to this meal and just increase the proportions as you go. And it's very easy. That's cool that he's kind of breaking it, broken it down into a science, like, like, Getting away from like the modern day way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is how it used to be back in like the 90s. People in the 80s, like the golden era, yeah. they didn't have macros back then. Mm -hmm. Macros, that's like a new thing that's like trendy. They they just did their meals and stuff, ate their meals and yeah, and just increased the size of them. And that's what's worked for me. I don't overcomplicate things. I mean, there's a few times like when, I'll, when I'm um, eating and stuff where... I'm like, damn, I'm curious, like how much calories I'm eating. And like the other day, like I tracked it on the app just one day. I was like, let me see how much I'm at right now just to get an idea. And I was at like, this was like this week, 3,500 calories right now. Um, so it is cool to see. I think the most I've ever been eating was like 4,800 when I was at 220 uh, last spring. Okay. Before I started prep for my second show. So I was like the peak of my bulk. So it is cool to like sometimes see how much calories I'm eating, but I don't really go by calories, just six meals a day.
Uh-huh. And then when I'm cutting, you know, decreasing the proportions and then, you know, cutting white rice, the size of the white rice, carbs get lower and then eventually protein starts going lower and then you're just starving. <laughs> and also you brought up a point with uh, being in, in, at NAU and uh, like having the time to balance and everything. Yeah. You brought up mental health. Yeah. And I think that was like a huge thing because a lot of people that work out, work out for the, for the fact that it's good for their mental um, do you like, have you ever struggled with anything like that or uh, like any type of depression or anything that kind of like brought you into the gym or was it more so just like to better yourself? Um, so starting like in high school, you know, in high school, you're going through puberty, like you're, you're you think that you're like stressed out and stuff, but you're, you're stressing about dumb things because you don't actually have real priorities, like gas money that you got to pay for finances groceries stuff like that so like there yeah there was like stupid little things in high school that used to like really bother me um first like just yeah myself I didn't like how skinny I was um for example like my sternum kind of goes in a little bit if you've ever like seen people like that where they kind of have like a hole right here yeah and mine isn't like that deep where it's like causes issues where it's like my heart or lungs are getting affected it's more just like it was just a physical tray out a very flat chest so you could see that a lot and I just I remember I'd come home to my mom and like complain every day I'm like oh my god like I hate how this looks and we would like google it and stuff you know what like treatments and it was there was either two things that popped up if it was severe enough they could break your sternum pull it out and reconstruct it or you just do chest workouts and make your chest look bigger and then it'll make your chest look more defined so that's when I like when I first started working out like serious. I worked out freshman year for like football all throughout high school, but like serious on my own sophomore year, um, I would start working out in my gym at home because my dad, he didn't like believe in like a gym membership. He thought it was like a scam and stuff. He's like, you know, if we sign up for a gym membership, you're not going to be able to get out of the contract and this and that. I'll just buy you like weights off offer up and like so you can work out in the garage. Mm-hmm. So for like a year and a half, I would work out in my garage. Like after like weights at school, I'd come home, take a nap, then start working out in there. And probably for like the first few months, I was doing the same workouts every day because I had like no like knowledge. I didn't realize that you have to like change the workouts and hit different body parts. I did like the same circuit, mm-hmm. like bench, just back machine, just like, I don't know. I don't even remember probably 10 different exercises. I just didn't know what I was doing, but I mean, it was working. Like I was growing just cause in newbie gains. Yeah. Like newbie that. gains where your body just is like a sponge. It reacts to anything, mm-hmm. anything you pull or push. So I don't think enough people really like, like realize that either. Cause a lot of the people who are intimidated by the gym, it's like, Oh, like, what if I go and I don't see progress? I'm like, you're going to see progress no matter what. Oh, and yeah. And, oh, I had those. Every day I was like, man, like, uh, I don't know, is this working? And you're all, like, looking in the mirror, like, showing your back, flexing this. And then I'm just like, like, yeah, you have so much second thoughts. If you want to go from zero to 100, and the worst thing you can do is start comparing yourself to, like, people, like. Especially on social media. Yeah, like, these fitness guys that have been working out and whatever. And I'm like, man, I want to look like this guy, like how long is this going to take this and that? But you don't realize at the end of the day, like you're not this guy's twin. You don't have the same genetics. You, one person will never look like another guy. You might have similar traits, but you're not going to have that guy's physique. We all are just built different unless he's your twin. So yeah. Yeah. There, there was definitely times where it was just, it was more like my physique that just bothered me. And yeah, just that and being in high school and stuff, I was like, people didn't take it serious when I started working out. Like, you know, they thought it was a joke. Like, my friend would be like, oh, yeah, we're going to be going to do this. I was like, I got to like work out in my garage, like this and that. Like, come on, bro, just come. And I'm like, oh, no, like I'm down this weekend. But 
I got to work out today, like this and that. So then when I finally started getting bigger from like sophomore to junior year of high school, people were like, oh, dang, like I went from like 140 to 170. And then, you know, it's like the stupid accusations like, oh, um, oh, are you taking like steroids, this and that? I'm like, I don't even know what a steroid is. Mm-hmm. And that was like back when like creatine like was like still a newer thing. Creatine's always been around, but like started becoming trendy. Like popularized by like people that are like, uh, Maybe not influencers. Like TikTok type people. Yeah, exactly. Before TikTok was even a thing back then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like people started like like hearing about creatine and and like I was taking creatine, this and that, and like they thought it was like a steroid. And I'm all like, bro, like you can just go buy this at Walmart. Yeah. Like if it was a steroid, you can't just go buy it at Walmart. And you know, people were like, Oh yeah, he got bigger because he's taking creatine, this and that. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's because I'm in the gym five days a week working out for football and coming home and working out, which I mean, wasn't really beneficial, but yeah, like in that newbie gain stage, any type of working out, you'll grow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was pretty funny. It's, it's kind of crazy. Cause like, I mean, yeah, you see it more in high school, but you just see it in everyday life. And like, for like, even for myself, like when you dedicate time to something, people don't believe that it's really you doing it. And so you kind of get like this, get this like imposter syndrome, you know, it's like, Oh it's yeah. Like, Am I really that guy? Like, like, am I really this guy competing in bodybuilding competitions? Like, do you ever get that? Like, um, I don't know. It's like you reached a certain achievement and it's like, am I really that? Like, because people don't even believe me when I say it, you know? Well, it, it kind of goes back to like how people, people don't see what happens behind the scenes. Like mm-hmm. they see, they've seen you back maybe when you were smaller or someone that was bigger and lost weight or like me, I was yeah skinnier and where I'm at now. And, you know, I make it look easy because I've just been doing it for so long, but like people don't like, unless like my close family, people that follow my journey and like see like the day-to-day progress and like how I actually live my life, bringing my meal here, like preparing it and coming here after I just showered and stuff. I easily could have been like, ah, man, I just got done at the gym. I'm just going to shower and like head to his place. But like, I know like I need to eat. I'm trying to grow. So when it's something you're passionate about doing, you don't mind going the extra mile. Mm-hmm. If I like people that there's people that want to become bodybuilders and I, I try to like tell people, I'm like, this is not in a cocky way. Like it's not meant for everyone. Work out, be healthy, go to the gym. I, I encourage that. But competing, like that's a whole nother lifestyle. It's not worth wasting your money and sacrificing all this stuff if you're not going to be like 110% into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but that goes for like a lot of sports too, like Everything. boxing, baseball, yeah. football. Playing like, college football. Exactly. There's so much people I knew that wanted to play college football after high school and they didn't last a year. And I, that's why I don't want to play college football because I knew I wasn't going to be committed to it. And that's like, a, it's a whole nother job. Like, bro, you're own. Like you got to wake up, meetings, weights, practice. That's something I didn't want to do. So I didn't commit to it. Same thing with bodybuilding, you know, work out go to the gym, but if you want to compete as a bodybuilder, like you got to be 110% committed to it. Cause it's not, it's not easy getting uncomfortable with the eating, dieting, doing an hour on the Stairmaster in the morning during prep, like different things like that. Mm-hmm. And so another thing I noticed is that, um, you can be a bodybuilder and be a very, like in, in most eyes, like a legitimate guy that, that can compete and do well. But I think something that people overlook is posing, right? Like something that people, yeah. something you don't see or the fans don't see or like that type of thing is the posing, you know, how much time do you spend posing? So like right now, like I'm like in my, my off season, the beginning, I don't do like crazy amounts of posing, but like once prep starts rolling around, um, so she just burn off more muscle and I mean, body fat. 
and um, help my muscles pop more. I'll start probably posing like probably after like my fasted cardio in the mornings, like probably doing posing for like rounds, like hitting my mandatories, like three, four rounds of it, at least like five, six times a week. Um, just your drench, everything's cramping, your muscles feel tight cause you're lean, but people don't realize like if you have the best physique on stage, best genetics, it doesn't matter if you cannot pose and show off those muscles properly, you'll never win. Like there's yeah. guys that lack posing can help people who might be lacking a certain body part and stuff like hide those like, um, disparities in their physique. Mm-hmm compared to guys who might have a better physique, but they're not posing properly or they can't hold their poses, they're shaking, they're cramping up. And that just shows like that, yeah, you haven't practiced your posing and the judges notice that you'll be marked down and you'll never win. So, you know, it is, I think posing is the hardest part of bodybuilding because there's people that can do the eating, that can do the lifting, but they can't pose. So, yeah. Like you've met guys that like, they had the genetics, they had the work ethic, but like the posing just wasn't there. Yeah, like I've just seen it on stage. Like there's guys now even at the Olympia level where I'm like looking at them and I'm like, I'm not a posing expert, but me and the thousands of people watching or I'll read on the comments um, notice literally these guys who they might have gotten there. Yeah, they have good genetics, good work ethic, but they're hitting their posing and either like while they're posing, their muscles start fading because they haven't maybe been practicing their posing, like holding it. So their like lines in their legs will start fading away while the next guy the guy next to him, he's still staying strong and his lines are sharp. So guy, people personally, I, I'm not sure exactly if I've met people personally, but no, it's a very like common issue mm-hmm. that a lot of guys like it holds them back from actually possibly being first place between first and second place. So is posing kind of like an endurance workout? Cause it kind of sounds like a workout from the way you explain it. Yeah. No, it basically, cause you have to condition your muscles to being able to hold these poses for maybe starting 10 seconds and 20, then 30 seconds. And then there's times where if it's, if it's so tight between maybe you and another guy, maybe three of you, two of you, the judges will recall you out and they'll start making, and they'll make you go through rounds of poses for like maybe five minutes because they want to see, okay, who's the, both of these guys look good. Let's see who's actually been like practicing their posing and is conditioned with their posing. So they want to see who can keep holding it, who isn't like grunting on stage and their stomach keeps going in and out and who's breathing heavier. So yeah, posing is definitely, it's, it's hard. It's, it's no joke. It's something you have to like practice and it's, and it's not like a universal formula. Like one guy hitting one pose a certain way isn't going to look on, look good on everyone else. Like, so certain guys pose certain ways, you know, hide parts of their physique or show off good parts of their physique okay and then so what do you would you say is like some of your strong points in your physique so number one my legs uh-huh. um i always say i need everywhere to improve so let's just start with that everywhere needs to be bigger but like as of right now like what's ahead compared to other body parts my legs genetically ever since high school i've always had bigger legs so they just grow a lot easier like right now i only hit legs like once every eight days because they just grow way too easy for my upper body. So I would say like my legs and my back are probably like my best because back, I have a very good mind muscle connection, like with my rows and um, it's just a lot easier to grow compared to my, I would say like my arms are hard to grow. My shoulders and my chest are probably mm-hmm. a lot harder to grow. I have noticed even for myself, like pulling motions are a little bit more easy than like pushing motions. But I think that's, that's, that's what it's like for a lot of people as well, because 
I mean, it just depends on the person, really, because some people can have really good uh, pull strength, you know? Yeah, because, like, there's, there'll be guys walking around, and they have, like, dude, just a huge shelf chest, and then their back is lagging. For me, personally, I feel like I've been able to develop my back a lot easier than my chest because, like, with pulling movements, say, like, a lap pull down, you start burning out, and instead of having to rock the weight, you can still do like those half reps mm -hmm. where it's still going to put tension on the muscle and burn it out and still be able to shoot blood in there to grow the muscle. But with chest, you're doing dumbbell presses. As soon as you start burning out, it's hard to get those half reps. Like That's you just want to drop the weight. So if I don't have a spotter, it's very hard to get like those force reps on like pressing. Mm -hmm. So back, I'm able to like just go, pa go to failure a little bit more compared to like pressing with like chest movements. So that's at least, I feel like my experience. So like, Sometimes I'll watch like YouTube videos of like bodybuilders or like things to like improve my workouts just to change it up because you know sometimes it gets monotonous and I see people in the comments saying this guy's not doing a full rep it's like that's not a real like exercise or like he's not doing it right it's like like as long as they're like like you said if you're going to a failure you're not always going to do the rep completely right. No like what I've told people is like would you rather do for example, you're doing a lap pull down. Would you rather go, okay, you're only your 10th rep and you're like, okay, this is the last full rep all the way down I can get. I'm going to rack it and let it go when you're at the top. Or would you rather be able to get five extra reps halfway down and get to 15 reps where you're forced reps and it's still shooting blood in there. And just because it's not a full rep, you're still putting tension on the lap because it's getting pulled and pushed and pulled down. So yeah. I think it depends on the exercise too. No, it depends on the exercise. And I definitely think you want at least like maybe your eight, your 85, 90% of like the set to be a good form. And then maybe like that last 10% where you want to get those last few extra forced reps, it, it's good to do, even if it's not a full rep, mm -hmm. but you're still putting that, that tension on the muscle. Like one that I think would be a lacking exercise to not do the full rep is like squats. Like if you were yeah. to do half squats because, you know, you're getting to the point where like if you go any lower, you might like uh, be basically drop the weight. Yeah. It, that, then it's just not beneficial. And honestly, you're just going to end up hurting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like hack squats, squatting. So, yeah, it's like there's a time and a place for mm -hmm. it. Like imagine you're doing bicep curls and yeah, you're on your like 13th rep and you're like, okay, I don't can go up anymore. But going like this is still going to put activation on it. True. So if you already got like 90% of the set all the way up, then hit that last 10% and just bang out like a quick five to 10 reps at the bottom. Cause it's still going to put that tension on there and help with the growth at the end of the day. Right. Right. So, uh, do you ever mix it out? Like mix up your workout? Um, or do you strictly stay to like your bodybuilding regimen type of stuff? Like, do you ever do like, for example, CrossFit or like something like that? <laughs> Also, you know, CrossFit, no offense to everyone, is the last thing I would ever do. Um, I just, honestly, for me, it's risk-reward. Okay, do I want to go try to go for a max on bench on Saturday and risk tearing my shoulder or something because I wanted to go max out and now I can't compete or I can't lift anymore and then I'm just going to be like depressed you know what I mean because it's like wow was that really worth it like why did I try to go do a powerlifting movement when I'm not even a power lifter so you know I, I I could risk it and decide to go for a PR one day but is it going to grow my muscle and be enough time under tension no and is it really worth the risk in my opinion I don't think it's worth it because I mean it's just like what's his name um you know Callum Von Moger is he influencer uh he's at uh he's he's from like austria like he's like the same ethnicity as arnold 
he was like up and coming big time. He was a bodybuilder. Anyway, he was like, so they're calling him like the next Arnold, like same accent, everything. He started going downhill when he did, uh, him and Chris Bumstead, this was like back in like 2018, him and Chris Bumstead had like four plates on a barbell and they're both trying to curl it up and he tore his bicep when they were doing that, you know, just making a fun video. And then after that, he kind of just went downhill, like just, you know, it's hard when you come, like when you have an injury like that and you're up and coming, you're making money and you have pressure through competing and bodybuilding and social media. So, you know, he, he just went through like a dark hole and now he's barely like getting out of like addictions and rehab and stuff, but not to go all the way down that track. It just shows like, you know, maybe what if he didn't do that that one day, try to go all heavy on that bicep curl with Chris Bumstead. What if Chris Bumstead was the one that tore his bicep? Would he have been what he is today? Like four Olympias. Yeah. So I just don't, the risk reward to me, is not worth it. Like I'm just going to stick to what I do and like what works for my body. It's funny you bring up uh, Chris Bumstead and the whole bicep thing because that recently just happened to him And he too. still tore it though, yeah. but he still ended up tearing it. But imagine if he tore it back then, what yeah. would have happened? You know, it could have even made his career worse. So, which, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, uh, right before the latest Olympia he competed in, um, he tore his bicep and I guess um, leading up to the show, Oh, after the show, he he made a video about it and like he talked about the yeah. whole process of the the basically the mental side of how he handled it and like didn't let it overcome the moment. And I I liked it and I think a lot of people can relate because shit can be intimidating. Like honestly, like like big moments like that. He's only he only does one show a year and you know he's put all that work into it. So mm -hmm. it's just like, am I gonna crack under pressure or am I just gonna like do what I know best? And that's mm -hmm. what he does and he still ended up winning. And so Crazy. I'm curious to know, like, what's kind of like your mindset going into the night or, or like going into whatever time you guys have to present yourselves and everything? Like, like, are you in the, in the back room was just like thinking, like, is it overwhelming? Like, do you start sweating from it? Like <laughs> so to be honest, I know some people, they get nervous when like you've put so much work into it. And I thought I was gonna be nervous too. Like, you know, you're on stage, you're like basically 95% naked, but once you feel like so much work in it, like through the bulking, through the posing, the cutting, you know, like, yeah, getting uncomfortably big, stuffing yourself, then, you know, getting to a point where you're just hungry and you're miserable and all the cardio, you're like, you know what, like I've put all this work in, like, I want to show off my body, like show off my hard work. And like, you know, my family is like very supportive, which a lot of people don't have that. There's a lot of people where, you know, their family doesn't agree with bodybuilding and what they're doing. And, you know, some people, some of the competitors at, like, my two shows, like, they might have one person in the crowd, like, supporting them. And, as, and imagine, like, they've gone through the same process as me, and I got, like, 30 people there supporting me. So I'm just like, you know what? I have my family here. Like, they're spending their time, their money to come watch me. I've put in all this work. Like, I'm not going to worry about anyone else except myself, and I'm just going to go out there and have fun. Because, you know, there's nothing you can do anymore at the end of the day. Like, you've, you've put the work whenever whatever the past nine months year two years leading up to us it, so it's like there's nothing else we can do now so it's either you have fun or you stress out so yeah but um the fact that there's also some people that go and they might only have one person there to support them kind of brings me to the idea it's like how many guys really use this sport not only to um you know better themselves but like it kind of consumes them and maybe sometimes they kind of like shut people out. It seems like you're pretty good with balancing like yeah. life and everything, but there's other people who handle it differently because maybe the only way for them to be successful is that they kind of have to. No, it is like that. My, so that's why like right now, the fact that I just grad, I turned 21 last October, I graduated in December. And that was the first thing I told my coach after my last show. I was like, honestly, I'm going to be honest. Like 
after I'm graduating in December, I think I want to take all of 2023 just to like put size on slowly bulk. And like, I don't really want to do a show just so I'm just so I can put on that proper size I need because it's just getting very competitive. And also just so, you know, I have some fun now that I'm actually 21. And he, the first thing he said is like, I completely agree. Like, you know, you're young. There's a lot of people that get so sucked into bodybuilding. Yeah, they lose their social life. They lose connections with friends, family, because they're just like, I need to eat my meals. I got to be at the gym at this time, this and that. And yeah, there's some people, they have to take that step because yeah, maybe genetically they're, they're not as gifted. So, you know, if, if they skip one meal, like my coach, for example, he wasn't successful as a bodybuilder. He's like 6'1", 6'2", long limbs, big frame. He, there was, it got to the point where he'd eat like eight ounces of chicken or like protein with each meal, 10 ounces. Like I eat six ounces. Some, the most I've gone to is like seven ounces. And if you, if he skipped one meal, he would like lose like three pounds in one day. So yeah, he had to like, just be a hundred percent invested in it. But me, um, he was like, yeah, you know, I think you should take this year, you know, just take the whole year to bulk and, you know, like have some fun. Even him, he wants to go out with me. Like we've gone out to like old town and stuff. He's single and I'm single. So, you know, we go have fun, have drinks, but yeah, I don't want bodybuilding turning into something. It feels like I'm forced to do. I want it to be something that like I want to do because yeah, it's, it's a, it's a privilege. It's not pressure. You know, like there's people that can't even have a meal. They have one meal the whole week. I'm eating six meals a day. So it's not like, yeah, it shouldn't feel like a chore. This should be like something like I get to do. So yeah, finding that balance and with social life and just, yeah, not letting it over consume me. When prep, you know, prep comes, you know, I'm focused for like 16 weeks. But okay, whoop de do 16 weeks out of my life. Like, is that really that bad? Right now I'm having fun and doing what I got to do for bodybuilding. So just balance, yeah. All right. And um, also, so like, since you want to put on weight throughout this year, it really brought me to the, I, I, I have to ask, it's like, what's your take on uh, just, I guess, the whole getting to the highest level, competing at the highest level, like doing steroids and all that? Like, what's your take on that whole idea? Um, so like, first thing, my thing with steroids is people, it's a big misconception, conception, like, just because, you know, we have stereotypes and all that. And people think, you know, you shoot steroids and now you become a huge roid monster that's just gonna punch holes in the wall and hit people and this and this and that and this thing with steroids is it's gonna it's gonna heighten however you are as a person so if you're someone that's already like calm and normal you're gonna stay like that but if you're someone that's you know already has issues maybe anger issues something you do steroids yeah it's gonna worsen that but it's the same thing with like alcohol and stuff if you're someone that has anger issues and you're drinking alcohol you think that's gonna end up well no it's going to be the same thing with steroids. If you're someone that's chill and you drink alcohol, you think you're going to turn mad? No. So that like, that's the thing with steroids. And you hear like, you know, like the one story out of whatever that ends up going out where, yeah, some guy went crazy or some guy died, which it happens, but there's people, alcoholics that are beating their wives and stuff like that. Like, so it, it's just funny to me how it's a taboo world where like, there's a lot of people that are doing it and people are scared to because yeah, it's like the stereotypes that are around and this and that. There's a lot of people that are at the gym that people talk to. You don't even know are on steroids because you know, they're, they're like a normal person. They get their blood work done. They live a normal life. But then you hear like that one story of, Oh, steroid monster goes and kills his wife or this and that. Okay. But there's thousands of other people killing their wives that aren't on steroids. So like why, but, but 
they put that title of guy on steroids where it just adds on to that stereotype. You know what I mean? So my thing is like, it's your body, your choice. If you're going to do it, be safe about it. Get your blood work done. Don't like abuse it. Just like any other drug, alcohol, other recreational drugs. If you abuse it, yeah, it's going to have health risks, but you know, getting your blood work done, getting physicals done and stuff. I mean, I know lots of guys that are live normal lives and grow women. So I just think you just have to be smart about it pretty much not being 16 years old and deciding to go on a cycle when you're in peak puberty mm-hmm. and then mess up your testosterone the rest of your life. So like, do you want to compete at the highest level of bodybuilding? Um, my thing is like, I try not to like look too far ahead. My goal like right now is just like to get a pro card. Mm-hmm. I'll, I just, if I can get a pro card, like I'll be happy and we'll just see after that. Cause yeah, I still need to like, I'm still trying to focus on my career right now. Cause right now bodybuilding, like I don't really, I've, I haven't made a penny off bodybuilding. It's a broke sport. You know, it's a lot of competing, buying food, the E everything. So once I have like my um, career established, which I've, you know, graduate school and all that med school. Um, maybe I'd like to make it to the highest level, but it's not something like that. I I, I want to do and I'm going to kill myself to do, but it just, it's one of those things like time will tell. So I can't, I wouldn't like give a direct answer now. Okay. I just, I asked that because it's like, once you get to a, you get to a certain point, do you feel like steroids will just kind of be there? Um, yeah, if you want to be at the Olympia level, you have to be on steroids. Yeah. Like there's like, when I hear guy like kids at the gym and they're like, and I'm like, bro, you're like, you realize Chris Bumstead's like taking stuff and these guys are all taking stuff. They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, these guys, but you don't realize like these guys make a living off of bodybuilding. If, it, if you're making a living off bodybuilding, how you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's financing your life. You don't think they have doctors that they're going to like monthly or you know, every few months to get blood work done. They're checking to make sure that they're healthy. Like they're not just shooting stuff up and then like going and competing and not caring about their heart. So these guys like, yeah, they do a smart, they're, it's their life, it's their job, it's their career. And yeah, if you want to eventually be at that type of level or even like compete with a pro show. Yeah. Once you're a pro, you basically have to be on gear at the NPC, the IFBB basically. Yeah. So, um, Someone that's like very popular right now with like the whole headline of like steroids and everything is like Liver King. Like, do you follow that? That I guess you, I'm gonna call him a character, but like, do you know? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, honestly, I kind of respected him a lot. Not before it got he got caught, but after the way he handled it, like the video he had made explaining why because yeah he was a guy he had money before the whole liver king thing and he had businesses the liver king thing was just for fun just to promote like you know working out eating meat whatever balls but you know just working out in general but um yeah he blew up out of it and then yeah it's that pressure of you know people like you know, because he has young guys, young people on TikTok in high school, teenagers that are following him and look up to him. And, you know, he was scared to just come out and say that he's on steroids because if he says that right away, he doesn't want a whole wave of kids now trying to do steroids because they're like, Liver King's doing it. So, you know, he tried keeping up with his, like, just his reputation. And yeah, you know, everything got caught, all his cycle that he was doing. But, you know, he owned up to it. He was honest. He said, why? I mean, He's in his 40s. His test levels were down. He decided to get tests and all that because he wanted to feel good again. And someone like him his age, you know, 
I think it's perfectly fine to do it because yeah, your testosterone and stuff starts decreasing as you get older. It's just part of the human anatomy. But yeah, it's just that social pressure of, oh yeah, like, you know, if I'd say I'm on steroids, are all these kids going to start doing it and stuff? So it, it's really hard. I mean, it's not just him. It's a lot of influencers and stuff too that, that have to face those type of decisions. And I feel like a lot of them, I, I wouldn't say a lot of them because I don't really know them. And I like to like stick to that kind of like idea that like, I don't want to say something just because like, I'm, I might be jealous or I might like basically like project how I feel about them. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe they are, most of them are on steroids and they kind of lie about it. Yeah. But you just never know. Like, I'm not going to be yeah. there to, like, investigate, you know? Yeah, I mean, we'll never know until they actually, like, got their blood work done or stuff. Mm -hmm. I, there's, I, I do feel like there's a wave of a lot of guys now being honest with it because, yeah, I mean, just to help, like, the youth out, you know, be honest, like, mentally and physically. Mentally, like, for example, you can't attain a certain physique naturally like some of these guys so instead of lying some of them are starting to be a little bit honest like anthony montello for example like i mean i don't really follow him like that but i've seen a video pop up and he he had said like yeah like i'm not like natural anymore but he didn't say the cycle he was taking because you know he doesn't want these kids like anthony Mont montello's taking tests d-ball this and that i'm gonna start taking this so he was like i'm not natural you know i want people to know that just so like i don't want like kids and people thinking like they can maybe like get to this size with this much muscle but i'm not gonna say what i'm taking so kids don't start taking exactly what i'm taking they're gonna think they're gonna look like that so but yeah and then there's influencers you know they can't say stuff because they're sponsors you know their sponsor doesn't want to promote a guy that's maybe taking steroids because they think it's gonna look bad on the brand and then that's just it goes down to the whole reputation thing like are people gonna stop buying our brand because this guy's taking steroids bro it's a it's a very like just taboo like hidden topic i guess yeah and i think that not enough people like people who consume media don't realize that like steroids are like because it's, it's painted a picture as bad like it's it's, it's yeah. a negative connotation so when you slap a label on that like oh say like the rock for, for example yeah he, he has this brand this brand and this brand oh he does steroids it's like oh so it's and he'll never come out as natural he'll yeah. never say he's natural which there's no way the rock looks better now than he did when he was in the wwe mm -hmm. and he's older like there's no way like your muscle starts going down he and he's traveling and making movies so clearly he's taking stuff but you know he'll never own up to it because oh people are gonna stop watching the movies now because he's taking steroids but you know they don't want to face that risk yeah and I don't think like I don't think people should be so judgmental of people who are just trying to make money. Really, like yeah. at the end of the day, he's making bro. If he didn't have the look he did, he wouldn't be in the roles that he has and who he is as a person. But also, it's like I guess it goes both ways. Like oh, like you're kind of tricking people into thinking like your uh, your uh, nutrition brand is like uh, foolproof and you can be looking exactly like that person because yeah. you got to eat liver balls and all this. You know, yeah, that's that's the loophole. Yeah, yeah it's. It's bad, yeah. I mean, it, it comes from the individual and it's the society. It's just, it's a weird, like, tug-of-war battle where it's like, okay, be honest, but fake the face the backlashes and that, or just hide it and, you know, maybe not getting any backlash. But it's just, yeah, it's pros and cons at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I think, look, majority of uh, just people, like, uh, actors and celebrities that are in big roles and they have to, you know... Oh, there's a lot of celebrities taking stuff. People don't realize they, it. They have to. They Dude, have to be. Who is it? Oh, man, who's that popular actor? Um, Brad Pitt. Bro, Brad Pitt's about to turn, like, 60. <laughs> Bro, he, they take GH, like, growth hormone, mm -hmm. where it's, like, a... 
it's all it's produced in all of our bodies naturally to help us grow and stuff during puberty but then people take it extra because it helps you recover more and it keeps you younger so bro there's so much celebrities they take gh growth hormone all that stuff but i mean yeah we'll never know so it's just, just not normalized that's the thing it's, it's just yeah it's, I don't, I don't, I don't, and i don't, I don't think it should be normalized it is there it is health risks and stuff it shouldn't be normalized but at the same time i don't think people like should be judged for it because all dude alcohol is terrible for you there's people that die every year from alcohol cigarettes nick all the vaping people are doing right now like that's just as bad you're getting straight cancer so it's like just because that stuff's been normalized I don't think cancer, sh I mean, not cancer. I don't think that steroids should be, but at the same time, you shouldn't look at someone like they're a, they're like a disappointment to society because they are doing steroids. So it's like, you know, if they're safe about it and they're healthy, I mean, there's guys that are, they have families and wives and stuff and they live normal lives doing steroids and you wouldn't even know. And bottom line, it's their way to make money. Like, it, like Brad Pitt's not getting these roles if he has a beer belly. Like, He's yeah. supposed to be the attractive dude. He's been that character for yeah. forever. So it's like, there's no going back, you know? Yeah. I mean, on top of that, like, he's had face surgery. He's probably yeah. had things to make himself look better. And I'm same with men and women in the, in the um, just... Oh, yeah. It's like women with, B, with BBLs now. You think it's bad with guys? The fitness industry is a lot worse with women because now there's this whole thing with, like, BBLs, plastic surgery, and... You have, yeah, like these young girls that want to get butts like these girls and they're buying their training programs and they're doing their like dumb little workouts and stuff. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Oh, this girl showed me this work, this girl online. She does this workout and I look at her body. I'm like, this is not real. Like, like she clearly, there's some girls, yeah, they have a natural, very nice body. They worked hard for it. Then there's some girls, they went and got plastic surgery done and then now they're making money off their look and promoting this false image, kind of like guys with steroids so it kind of just goes hand in hand yeah i think we just live in a world that's like kind of hard to decipher what's real and what's not so you kind of just have to take everything with a grain of salt pretty much it's very subjective yeah but uh i i really like i would like to end it on that i think that was a really good conversation yeah um, do you want to like plug anything i know you're doing like uh garage workouts right now um so yeah right now i'm just so i um i'm doing just like personal training hour-long sessions i have like a whole setup in my garage dumbbells machine squat rack bench everything um i have an instagram ralph genics which i'm sure you could put it down yeah um if you want to send me a message i uh i have like seven years of lifting i have an exercise science degree and i'm planning on possibly pursuing physical therapy next as my next journey but right now you know i'm just enjoying life post school and Taking it day by day. All right. I appreciate you coming on here, bro. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. All right. We'll see y'all later. Peace.